Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey. It's a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experiences of freelancers. And today on the show, we have Becca Patton. You go by Becca? Becca, yeah. Becca. Becca Patton from Beckley Co. And uh, really happy to have her on the show today. We met at a uh, Stripes Agency Summer Vibes party about a month ago. Yeah. I feel like I'd seen you like at coffee shops or different places Probably. like here and there or with people. Probably. That's how Dallas goes. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. You just see people around on like in coffee shops or with other friends or like unsuggested ads on Facebook. Yeah. Well, once you meet someone in person, then you'll see them like five times that week. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. What, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more to the listeners and kind of tell us about yourself. Okay. Well, I am... Becca Patton. I live in Dallas. I moved here from California, came here to go to college and stayed because in my opinion, living in Dallas is infinitely more easy, easier than living in LA. And um, yeah, I mean, I studied to be a physical therapist and then naturally became a photographer for bloggers and restaurants and small businesses and events and kind of I've said yes to everything at some point as far as photography goes so what yeah. that's a pretty interesting kind of like shift yeah unless unless the physical therapy you were doing was with photography somehow which no. I don't imagine that was the case so <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, I grew up loving science and my dad is literally a rocket scientist. So he's very, he's good at looking at things objectively. So when I was looking at colleges, he had me kind of make a rubric and decide on what I might be interested in going into. I grew up playing sports. I grew up playing soccer. I was injured a fair amount. So I went through my fair share of physical therapy so he had me choose schools that had good bio programs or kinesiology. And I ended up at University of Dallas, which is another odd. That, that life choice wasn't expected by anyone around me. Um, it's a small Catholic college out in Irving, Texas. And I went there, I studied bio, but I was literally always that kid, like, growing up in the front yard, taking photos of like rain on a stop sign <laughs> or making my little brother do stupid things and taking photos of that or making music videos. Um, and then in college, it would have made a lot more sense to be like, you know, in a science club or a TA or try to get good grades I was head of yearbook, head of newspaper, and just never really stopped taking photos. And I always figured, great, I'll have a career in physical therapy and I'll always be a photographer. I like said it with a lot of pride, like, yes, yes, don't worry, everyone. Like, I would never be silly enough to be a photographer. I will be a physical therapist and I will own my own practice. And then I'll be a photographer on the side for something like my patients or something else. I thought I was really cool. Basically, after college, you have to, before you go into physical therapy graduate school, you have to rack up a certain number of hours working at or working alongside physical therapists. So 
I also decided after college, my parents never said anything, but I just assumed like after college, you're an adult. So I just assumed they wouldn't pay for anything anymore. Um, so that meant 5 a.m. to noon, I worked at Corner Bakery. 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. or like sometimes 5 p.m. I worked at physical therapy places. And then I was retaking most of my science classes and labs at the community college. And then on the side, I was taking photos because that's what I loved. Um, and so Beckley literally, I mean, I can't be alone on this. All my best ideas come to me in the bathroom. So senior year of college, I just was going to now have Beckley be my hobby photography company. So I had the whole vision, everything set up. So that's what I was doing on the side with physical therapy and corner bakery and gaining tons of post-college weight, eating all the cookies at corner bakery. Um, and so anyways, I was trying to figure out where on earth I was going to go to physical therapy grad school. And I was on a walk with Andrew, who's now my husband. He was my, were we engaged yet? I think we had just gotten engaged. And I was trying to figure out where I'd go to college. I mean, go to graduate school. And I wanted to stay in Dallas. It would have been a long shot for Southwestern to accept me that year. So we're trying to think just, it's like the college process all over again, trying to figure out like, okay, well, where could I see myself? Where could I work? Blah, blah, blah. And Andrew said, well, why don't you just be a photographer? And I didn't know I could do that. So then I just decided to be a photographer. So I didn't, the thought of doing that professionally never like crossed your mind no, before I didn't know that, I was or? allowed. I literally didn't know that I, that was an option. So what happened whenever he said that? Like the weight like, of the like world a, was lifted off of my shoulders. My mom would always ask me that after I'd take finals. I'd call her, I finished. And she goes, don't you just feel great? I remember taking finals and it felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm failed. Like, I don't know. I don't feel good at all until I get the report card. And so that was the first time I had ever understood what it felt like to just feel that sense of relief of like, oh, okay, I've actually put in a lot of work towards this and I can do this. Had you thought of Beckley Co. before that, like your like side hobby brand thing? I mean, no, Beckley was, so Beckley started as, <laughs> it was quote unquote, a photography and styling team. This literally all within a millisecond, just everything, aesthetic, color, tempo, mood, messaging, voice, all of it was like right there. Like I didn't have to plan anything for Beckley. I mean, I still had to do it and take the photos and get clients and stuff. But as far as the direction I wanted to go, it was always there. So I wanted it to be photography and styling. I didn't want it to be like Rebecca Rosen photography. Cause like that right. wasn't fun for me. I wanted this brand that was like bigger than me that I could pour myself into and grow potentially. And it, it Anyway, so it started as a photography and styling team with my friend, Sarah, 
and it was just going to be our creative outlet. And from there, it just grew. So all my clients that I took on in that first year or so, when it was just this side thing, it was just chill. I think I was doing full shoots for like $30 with like retouching and people are like, oh, I love this edit. Can you take out this ring? Like all of these things. I'm like, yeah, sure. Cause that meant I didn't have to like study or be thinking about waking up at 5am or copying the lab answers from some website. So everything I did was so chill that all my clients that I built up were completely organic. I had nothing writing on it because I was going to be a physical therapist. So up until that point, it had just been this like game, like Beckley. Okay. Like now I'm assuming the role of Beckley and I'm going to go out today on a shoot as Beckley. And it was almost like not alter ego. It wasn't as dramatic as that, but it just, it was just like a creative outlet. So yeah, it wasn't like the pressure of like work. It was no just pressure. like you're putting on your costume to go play. No pretend pressure. Pretend like I'm a photographer with yeah, my friends. Exactly. And I think a lot of photographers and creatives in general, it's really hard to call yourself a photographer until you have accrued these whatever credentials you think you're supposed to have. Like, well, I've never shot 20 weddings in 20 different scenarios. So I'm not a wedding photographer. Like, you know, like you'll never call yourself a photographer. Like, well, I never earned X. Like you just have these kind of like arbitrary benchmarks. Yeah. No one's putting them on you. No one's even looking at you. If you went up and said, I'm a photographer, people would be like, okay, cool. What camera do you use? And be like a Canon. They're like, okay, that's all. Like no one questions it. But yeah, I they, guess, do you have some work? Can I see? You? Oh, do you have your stuff online? You have a I website? Mean, can I see you have Instagram? Yeah, can but I see they'll, you? they'll always, yeah, it, but it, they'll never go, oh, you're not really a photographer. Actually, I did have someone tell me I wasn't a real photographer in the middle of shooting a wedding, but she was awful. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, weddings are a little bit of a, uh, an anomaly that's kind of an outlier, though. Well, you can't she, be counted with the rest of the average. It's the 1%. She, yeah, no, weddings are crazy. There's we, things that happens at weddings that people say at weddings that do at weddings. That's just not normal. So she was, like, it wouldn't happen other places. She I feel like. offered to shoot the wedding, but the bride and groom didn't want her to shoot the wedding because she was cuckoo bananas and shot weird things. She shot or like, I think she, it was like Lady Gaga or something like that. Like it was this high end person, but she was trying to call me out on not using a wide angle lens for like the family photos. And I was just like, oh my God, I flew in from Dallas last night to do like to do this couple of favor. I got the photos. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm I she didn't seem like a happy person, so it's it's all good. But but yeah, so I guess my point was assuming this role of Beckley kind of gave me a stepping stone to be like, yeah, I am a photographer. I'm cool, I'm trendy, like come work together, it's fine, like no pressure. Cause that's when everyone was starting to blog. And it was, everyone was just like out taking photos, like for their new blog or whatever. So it was just this fun, magical time. It was 2015, 2016, for those of you who remember those magical days of new The beginning bloggers. of the blog era. Yes. But the beginning was so fun when people realized like, cause there were already like the established bloggers. But then people started to realize like, oh, I could do this too. And then I got a lot of clients from that. It's like, I mean, it would have been like, I guess it's similar to being, I mean, one of the first 
like you were one of the first photographers, you have these new bloggers. It's like this whole new, uh, just like whole new branches of, yeah. of work, of business, of like Yeah, I, I am the Neil Armstrong of blogger photography. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Pioneers in uh, yeah, digital mean, unknown lands. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not fun. I was totally kidding. I don't think I'm the Neil Armstrong of blog photography. I hope no one tries to assume that title because it's weird. But, but yeah, I, I mean, the first blogger that I worked with, she just basically, I hopped on the Instagram and just spammed everyone. I followed every hashtag Dallas blogger. I would, because I was photography and styling. I mean, this was, this isn't, this didn't start as me wanting to be a blogger photographer. This started as a whole other concept. We were going to like, like, let's say an engaged couple wanted to hire us as a photography and styling team. And we would go, cause this was again, 2015 Pinterest was alive and well. So, and, and so were hipsters. So like the, like the, what are those things called? that hold up your pants overall uh, suspenders suspenders like you know suspenders uh-huh, yes. uh-huh. so let's say there was an engaged couple and they kind of had that look and we'd go okay you're blonde he's brunette he has glasses you're this height blah 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 you wear this he'll wear this we'll shoot here and kind of like curate this mini style shoot for these couples or whatever, if you own a business, like basically that was the service I planned so on. So y'all were doing the styling on for his first styled shoes initially, more or less. Did we ever actually do it? Maybe a couple times. That was a plan. That, that was, was the initial plan. Like, yeah, plan. Okay. That was the okay. initial okay. business model. Okay. And I had all of these survey templates to send out to clients and like, you know, find your style. Um, and I was working with a great stylist. We kind of bumped into each other at, it's called One Million Cups. It's kind of like a mini Shark Tank scenario. I've heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting place. There's a cool crowd that has gone through and will keep going through. So I met, so her name's Alex Cohen. And she was great. And she's still a stylist, but it got to the point where I was like, I'm doing so many blogger shoots. It wasn't fair to say I had a stylist on the blogger shoot because the blogger picked their own outfit, you know? Right. And so it just kind of started veering in this other direction. Um, so she's been doing like amazing things. And I started shooting more and more with bloggers. But yeah, the first person that reached out was just like, oh, you're from California. I am too. Do you want to shoot for my blog? And I was like, Weird. Okay. Sure. And so we just like went out and shot, I think in Bishop Arts District and yeah, that's kind of went from there. Literally just went from there. What, I mean, at that point you said, I mean, were you still doing like the corner bakery job and and, uh, physical therapy stuff? What what all were you doing work-wise at that point? Um, I, so I got out of corner bakery because I moved from Irving to Lower Greenville. So that was kind of a choice that was made like for me. I had another job lined up. Um, 
So quick corner bakery. I had a good run. I was employee of the month, the two months I was there. I'm like very proud of that. And then I was started working at another physical therapy place, which I still bump into people from that were my old patients. So I was a tech. So like, if you've ever been in physical therapy, you have your therapist, but then you have the person that's basically like running drills or like fetching you an ice pack or doing like an ice massage on your foot yeah, or something like that. Yeah, all the random little yeah. things. So that was me. So I would put like the e-stim on all these people's like lower backs and stretching people and timing people and pushing people. When I knew that I was like, dude, you're so young and capable right now. Do not half-ass this. Like you need to get better. So <laughs> I still run into patients and it, it's hard for me to like place them because that's how Dallas is, is you just... You see people all oh the time. Oh my gosh, everywhere. But I'm like, did I work with you? Did I go to school with you? Like, it's such a weird thing to try to place uh-huh. a patient. So anyways, I, after I got married, I quit. And and then that physical therapy place hired me to like do their holiday party. Like they were so nice and encouraging because that's exactly what it's for is to figure out if it's for you. That's why you have to do those hours. Yeah. And so it's totally fine to be like, nope, I'm going to try this for now. And then my friend actually ended up opening her own physical therapy place. So while I was still kind of getting off the ground, um, I helped her open her own physical therapy place. So it it really worked out that like I was able to work the front desk for her and I already knew all the stuff. And then I was able to like have the rest of my hours to shoot and edit it and build Beckley. So it was a very easy part-time job to ease me into. What was the, like the time that you started working with her and, and kind of putting a little bit more into Beckley and whenever you quit doing that and just did Beckley full-time, like what's that timeline look like? Much more quickly than I anticipated. I think my husband and I figured a year on like little to no income on my part. I think I don't want, I don't really remember but I think it was like three or four months in, I was kind of ramping up and I think it was, cause I remember some, at one point someone canceled and I think this was like the first year of me doing it. Someone canceled and I was like, shoot, I really need a cancellation policy (laughs) because she was one of maybe two or three shoots that I had that week. And I remember, I remember saying, you know, it doesn't apply right now, but I'm sure in the future I'm going to be booked up to the point that someone else would have wanted that slot. But it seemed so, I felt crazy for saying it. I was like, no, no, I know this sounds crazy, but maybe I'll get there. And, um, yeah, so at at least within four years I've gotten there, but yeah, let's say about a year going like full-time, full-time. Okay. Yeah. And you've been at it four years now total, you're saying? So Beckley. You said 2015, it was originally when you started, right? The last day of my job at that physical therapy place where I was like, I'm going to pursue this. I, or th- yeah, I think it was like October 10th or something like that. 
2015. Okay. So we're like right at four years, just over four years. Yeah. That's cool. I left that job and I went and picked up my dog. I adopted a dog that day. Yes. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I love puppies. I've got a couple of them. If I could be any animal, I would be a dog. I would be my dog. Because he's super cool. I would be my dogs. That'd be kind of cool. Be yeah. two dogs somehow. I don't know. It'd be weird. Um, I think if you're talking about being a dog, you can, you can be two dogs also. Yeah. Because I mean, because you can't be a dog. So I mean, let's. I guess let's really go there, right? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. What? Uh. Okay. So how do you? How did you start pricing stuff out? How did you, whenever you first started, you said that you would do a shoot for 30 bucks. Like yeah. where are you, where are you getting numbers from and how did that kind of evolve over well, the years? That number was suggested to me by the client. She was like, <laughs> I did a shoot for $30. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Sounds good. Sounds like that person was a pro. I'll do that too. Oh man. Pricing is super. Hmm. Who can say it, it's kind of like I go around like, does that, does that feel right? Like if I, I raise a price for, let's say like an engagement session, cause they kind of, you don't want to rush it. You want it to be nice. You want it to be a whole experience, but also I don't, I don't have a lot of time to do them a lot. So, you know, there's like an art to, I think that there's some rule like, I know that there's like an 80, 20 rule about how much effort you give people, but there's also a rule about like, you don't want, if everyone is able to pay your quote, then you need to raise your prices. Yep. Yeah. So it's just been that. Cause like I'll get to points where I just realize like I'm swamped and then I raise my prices. And that's usually from people telling me like, Becca, this is kind of stupid. You, should raise your prices. So it's, it's just like, however I feel. So you never had any of like calculation or anything. What would I calculate? Uh, I would look at the way I've, I've kind of approached it is doing, uh, calculating cost of doing business. So if my website costs me 200 bucks a year Mm -hmm. to do hosting and I have to replace a camera every two years and that's $3,000, that would be 1500 a year. So now I'm at 1700 a year. So then it would be like, okay, we'll say that's my cost. 1700 divided by 12. That's my monthly cost. You know, if we go by and then kind of start breaking it down to go like, okay, this is what I need to make a day to be able to like pay for base to like cover my cost. of Living. Yeah. Of like whatever to know that like, that's the like base that I need to go off of. Yeah. Um, if I was going to like calculate it, that would be how I would do it. But then there's also like some people do it where like, I don't know that there's necessarily like a quote, like a right way or a wrong way. Like people do it different ways. And there's that, like there's also there, I've talked to people and some, I kind of do this sometimes too, is like talk to other people and like, well, what do you charge? What do you know for this? Yeah. And then some people like you, or it's just, they kind of start out and as they go along, they're like, oh, I need to do like, this is not enough. I need to raise this more. I think what's interesting is I started with bloggers and there were people around me. We, there were kind of like, I'll feel bad if I'm forgetting someone, but 
there was a group of maybe five of us that were doing similar business models. We kind of fell into this niche of blogger photographer. And so we all respected each other and kind of price matched a little bit, not on purpose, but when I, so when I was first starting and when this was still just a hobby, you know, is working at a physical, at the physical therapy place. And, um, I knew that my plate was already full. And so I would take on, you know, a couple clients here and there. So I, and this really wasn't strategic. This really was me just being genuine. I reached out to these handful of people that they were already real photographers. Like here I am, they're probably like, okay, cool. But I just, I emailed these handful of people and I said, Hey, I'm Becca. I'm studying to be a physical therapist, but I've been shooting with bloggers. I have a lot on my plate. And so I just wanted to introduce myself and let you know that if I have any overflow, I'll be sending them to you. And I never actually had any overflow. It wasn't <laughs> that cool, but they were kind enough to reciprocate. So it really was this completely genuine outreach, but it was kind of a right place, right time, because one of those girls had just gotten this full-time corporate job. And so she so awesomely sent me so many clients. Hey, Stephanie, um, recommend, I was shooting with Stephanie and she recommended that I get in touch with you. Can you shoot for my blog? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So that was also nice. So we all, after that, um, some people have prices posted. I used to have mine posted, but everyone was doing not, not, I don't want to speak for everyone, but a hundred dollars making up like four outfits was pretty normal. But now that bloggers are, um, they have way bigger campaigns and I'm privy to how much some of these campaigns pay and where these photos might end up despite the company's not owning the copyright. Right. And so I think that's when pricing gets a little, a lot more subjective is also demand and yeah, just there's also things I don't want to price myself out of. There's things that I will compromise on if it's a project that I really like. Uh-huh. And, and I also, if I were to look at my costs and how much my life costs, I'm, I've somehow I've just never been able to do that. I'm like, then, then what? How do I justify going, okay, well, this is what I need to survive. I'd prefer to make like eight times more than that. Like I, to me, I'd rather not break it down that way. Okay. I'd rather just hustle and yeah. work my ass off and like let the chips fall where they may. There's something about too much. I like it. That's all. It seems to be working pretty well for it, you. So far it's worked. And I just, yeah, I'm kind of a people pleaser, but um, I like what I do. So I just, I'll figure it out. <laughs> what, uh, you mentioned something about 
copyright and uh, photos being used different places, whatever a little bit. Can you go into that a little bit more? Sounds like maybe you had some experiences with sure. that. So for those of you that don't know, um, digital photos are free for anyone, anywhere. You just take them and use them however you want. That's no, all there is um, to it. Just know that. So, you, you heard it here first. You didn't know. Breaking, breaking So I was going to take just this clip and be like, hey, you, you heard of this <laughs> podcast one time? This podcast is not legally free, <laughs> by the way. So, um, so <laughs> it's just, oy, what? Uh, I don't even know where to start. It's so simple. If, if a, blogger pays me to take photos for their blog, then I own the copyright and the blogger can put the photos on their blog and associated social media, i.e. Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, whatever. Newsletters. They can't pass them off to the company that they're doing the post for that doesn't make any sense. The company didn't pay me. I didn't do the shoot for that company. It, they can't use that photo on their website. It, it's so silly to me, but it's a such a big topic. It. It, yeah. It's, and here I am. I mean, I'm so naive. I, I, honestly don't have the bandwidth and I'm not only, I'm not going to blame it on being busy. I'm not good at asking questions because although I try to go against my instincts, now I've learned better. I'm still bad at asking because I just think, well, no one owes me anything. So I don't go out and ask for advice on stuff. So either way, it, it turns into me backtracking and going, Oh shit. That company just stole my photo. And I have my brother who's this amazing business owner um, in Silicon Valley. So like he, he knows how to speak very directly. And he goes, Becca, you send them a cease and desist for $10,000, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I all email places and I'm like, so I see that you used your photo without having proper licensing where can I send the invoice? And then like six months later, just following up on the above email. Um, so yeah, be proactive about copywriting and licensing. Yeah. Have you ever gotten those, those ones where you said you've sent them to try to get invoices? Mm -hmm. Have you ever gotten anything from any of them from no. that? No. Yeah. So for people that might not understand this or why, kind of what we're talking about with digital files. Uh, anytime a copy is made, it's, it's considered, considered a separate photo basically. Right. So uh, think about movies. Whenever a movie is produced, they shoot the movie and they produce the movie one time. But 
if a thousand people want that movie on DVD, a thousand people are going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Each one, mm -hmm. the same price mm -hmm. to get their own copy of it. It's the same movie. It was still only shot one time, mm -hmm. but they're all getting a different copy of it. Um, and so, you know, if she's shooting for a blogger, she's shooting the photos and owns them and the blogger gets a copy of them to mm -hmm. use. Just like you might get a copy of a DVD to play at your house or at a friend's house for a party but you can't make copies of that photo and start mm -hmm. give you can't or you can't make copies of that DVD and start giving it away. People are selling it. And I know, I know no one, I know no one does that. You especially can't start, <laughs> you especially can't start making copies of that DVD to make your own commercials with those DVDs so that you, you gen, generate business. It's just so silly. People actually do that now though. They, they do. will take movies yeah. and cut clips and use it on social media I know. as social media posts. I know. And here's the thing with, certain things I think um photos photos being used it's it's the bigger companies that honestly it really it really gets to me yeah because they know they yeah, have the money they know. and they know how much money they just saved by not hiring me Here, for a shoot here's the thing if a big company takes a photo takes a, okay let's say they take one photo and they run a social media campaign like where they spend I don't know, $5,000, $10,000 to run sure. this ad to sure. a million people, which is not unheard of. Right. It's very like that would be a potential low end for an ad campaign for a big company. Mm -hmm. That photo has just been copied at least a million times. Mm -hmm. So that means that they've just stolen at least a million copies of the movie that that company produced in mm -hmm. essence, right? Like it's, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's a photo, but that's, that's the analogy. way, that's why. And that's why so many photographers get so fed up about this stuff because that is big time money. And if, and the photographer, the commercial photographers that are doing this stuff are all the time are asking questions to those companies based around like, well, where is this going? How many mm -hmm. copies of this are going out? Right. Because the pricing that they're pricing at is, at is based on that. I mean, and sometimes you might get price breaks for, for quantity like you would yeah. with anything else, but yeah. Yeah, it's, and, and the, the thing is, okay, so this is where I think my opinion on it is, and one reason that I like what I do, like I'm not out here doing anything that's that important. My shoots are with natural light usually. It's like super casual. I'll crank out like six outfits in an hour with someone, like, it's fine. We're having fun. It's not that big of a deal. It's go it's usually going on Instagram. No one's going to see it for very long. No one's going to look at it very closely. So I have fun with it. I'm not trying to be very serious about it. But if a company were to want one of the photos that I did for a blogger, I'd be so open to talking with them. Hey, you want to use this photo? Okay. Put my name everywhere and let's work together and let's have a relationship and you hire me for them. Like, cause they want it because it's free, you know, free, yeah. quote unquote free. Right. Right. Free. Right. They want right. it because they can they feel have to it pay right for it. Right. If I then said, okay, pay me $10,000. I'd go like, oh, no, on no, to no, the no, next no. Yeah. quote unquote free photo. So that's the thing is I'm kind of okay with playing their bullshit game, but I still want to be recognize. I just think you, there's ways to navigate it where you're not going around pricing it at this stupid price that, you know, it took me literally two seconds to take and I know that they want it, but they also want it because they think it's kind of free. And so 
I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't want to throw out like, yep, $20,000 when there could be an opportunity to get something out of it. That's not money that could go. Listen, I'm just going to say this validation and credit go a long way with millennials sometimes. And as, for perpetuating like, my company later. That too. But like, I'm saying that like either way, like it's kind no, of, it's, it's not, kind it's of, it's a jokey, name. like funny I mean, thing, but that is a true statement. It's not my name. Honestly, people go, oh no, they should have credited you. And I'm like, it's not that. It's that they stole it. Yeah. If they had paid for it, I don't give a shit if they credit me. You're using it already. Like, I don't, that's not what I'm hung up on. It's, is that they did something wrong. They know they did something wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I could have bargained with you and figured something out. Like, yo, come be cool with me. Yeah, just come be cool. Just just let me be at all the events from now on and let me shoot your events. But anyone that's worked with me knows that I totally okay with figuring things out when you're working with a budget. So Neiman Marcus obviously has a huge budget and they were not very nice. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It seems to be a common thing though. Yeah, but it's also, it's, it's really, it's not to my knowledge that prevalent. I think people are starting to be more educated about it. And I think people are starting to be more proactive about just explaining to their clients what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can definitely understand somebody not understanding or being ignorant to it because it is, it's a somewhat, it's it's a, and it's a somewhat newer thing. And, and people kind of have that, like, well, it's on Instagram. So isn't there something about like, if it's on Instagram, like, the universe owns it. It's like, no, but, no. but um, okay. No, actually me posting it. That means Instagram can use it for stuff. Instagram can use it. Instagram owns my life. So, okay. You mentioned earlier something about a cancellation policy. Mm-hmm. What kind of things like that? Or like, what do you do for contract stuff? Do you, or do you even have them? So, <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, dubious it's n- so many of my clients um I've been working with them for so long um when I made my cancellation policy basically I based it off of this gym I was going to and I thought it was perfectly fine it's stated and I I emailed it to all of my clients and said this is the new cancellation policy going to affect September 2017. Um, so I did that. And, but now I don't really take on a lot of new clients, but whenever I do, they schedule online and I have all the policies laid out, which include if someone, if you know, you can use these photos, if someone else wants to use them, it has to go through me and they sign. Yes, I've read it. And yes, I agree. But I'm also in the process of working with a couple lawyers on tightening up the contracts I have and making contracts for things that I might not even know I need. But that'll probably be in a little bit of time. Yeah. Have you ever had, have you ever come across situations where you wish that you had had contracts in place? Yeah. Or like, yeah. can you talk, can you share some of the experiences? Yeah. 
maybe, I think I probably block those things out. Like everything I do is <laughs> reactionary unless, okay, 50% of what I do is reactionary. 50% of what I do comes from these random bouts of clarity where I crank out actual administrative work. I don't know who does these things. Like I come back months later and I'm like, oh, you know, I wish I had set this up. And then I go find some document on my computer. Like, oh my gosh, Becca, like, when did you do this? This is amazing. <laughs> and it'll be all set up for me, this template or this whatever, like process in the like invoicing, invoicing website that I use. Like, so not, not having a contract set up and wishing I had, yeah, that, that usually comes down to like the copyright or payment. And I, I'm also ever, like, I'm super chill about payment. It's I'll set, I'll, I'll send a reminder. There's so many things I guess I'm getting down to is there's so many things that I don't, I don't want to take the energy worrying about, you know, like if a blogger doesn't tag me, but it says you're supposed to tag me, I don't have time to police them. I don't care. Like I care because it says that's what you're supposed to do. But no, I, do, I don't truly, I don't internalize any of this because there's so many other good things going on. <sighs> if so, wish I had a contract. Uh, it's yeah it's it's mostly just like um the the copyright stuff and I think a big reason I don't have contracts is because then I have to hold up my end so if it says you'll get your photos on this date but there's no contract then they can't say anything which is bad I'm I really like to get photos out on time but I do have a little fear in me that I also don't want to be put on the spot for you don't like the commitment? I really, commitment? I don't like any commitment. I don't, I don't have people under contract. Like I don't, I don't have clients under contract. I'm under, I'm under not even a contract with the place that I'm um, on retainer with. It's pretty much on good faith <laughs> that I do my job <laughs> and that they pay me. <laughs> so, is this a people like company or people that you've had a, like a longer lasting relationship with? This is like, I probably... <laughs> If you knew the company, you'd be like, why on earth did no one make a contract? <laughs> it's like a really big company. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I freelanced with them for like three years. And then they were like, you know, you shoot for this so often. Can you, can you just do it for us? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I just send an invoice every month and I do the work every month and it's fine. But I've wanted to make a contract. I'm sure they have. And we just have stuff to do. We're busy. So. I love it because it's so, it's, <laughs> it's so many people handle it so many different ways. I, and there would I'm be other people it. that would be like, oh dude, no way. I would never even, you know, and like, I, you know, it's I told the line. It kind of just depends on the clients. Weddings, like, I have clients. I mean, I have contracts. Weddings, I definitely have Weddings are have a different contracts. beast. You, that's like a. Yeah. No, I definitely have contracts for weddings. Make sure I get fed. Oh, yes. Make sure they can't sue me. Do you shoot a lot of weddings? No. Do you do anything like shooting wise other than 
like the blogger stuff or what's, yeah. what all do you shoot? Um, before I answer that, can I, can I more Jameson yeah. Irish whiskey? Cause this is, this needs some whiskey. For, I'm just kidding. Let's go. But, um, so I shoot, thank you. Um, I shoot with bloggers. I shoot with local businesses. So it, a lot of it is social media oriented, which, you know, what else is there? But rather than like a website header or, you know, something that's permanent, it's really social media oriented. So bloggers, local businesses, events, and that's like cool creative events and dinners and stuff like that. But also, I mean, I was doing like teach for America, like Christmas parties, you know, just there's a lot of different stuff that I just meet clients in so many different ways. And then it kind of segues into like, Hey, like I'll get messages. Hey, I, I know you don't shoot engagements, but I'm like, no, of course I do everything. It's just, I can only show so much on Instagram or my, web, my website because you know, you need to give people like some clarity on why you exist. Um, right now I shoot for a bunch of restaurants and it's pretty much for social media, um, and like press releases and newsletters and stuff like that, email blasts. So, um, hotels in Dallas and families, (laughs) engagements, weddings. I, I stopped I kind of put a stop on weddings just because I can't give people the attention I would want or even half of it. I'd rather be more proactive about my wedding clients. And so it's kind of turned into, if you ask me three times, I'll do it. But it's because I've said no twice and I've been very clear. Like I don't have time to like, really, I'm and probably like going to show up. If, if you're asking me still, yeah. I've told you then. Okay. They, yeah, you understand. understand. Okay, cool. Yeah. This, okay. This is interesting. Cause this makes me think of, this reminds me uh, oddly of when I used to wait tables mm. because there's like a couple of different st- styles. Maybe you would say there is the like, turn and burn at Chili's where it's like, get as many tables in Mm -hmm. and out as you can. Cause the more tables you get through, the more money you're making. And then there's the like Texas roadhouse where it's like people come in for an hour, hour and a half, Mm -hmm. two hours. And you're sitting and talking and making conversation with them and making your big one. And I have worked in both Mm -hmm. and did not do so well in the the Texas roadhouse Chili's I could fucking kill it okay give me nine tables seven eight tables at a time and I will run that shit cool sit and make conversation now I get locked in a conversation with people and be like oh my gosh I need to go check on this other table and have the hardest time pulling away yeah and to me it feels like Mm -hmm. that feels like where you are but with photography where it's like you have the blog where it's like quick like we go shoot for an hour Mm -hmm. we do nine outfits in an hour six outfits in an hour whereas with the wedding it's like you're saying I just don't have the time to put in to really give what I would Mm -hmm. want to yeah I've never thought about it that way it's really that's a really good point and it is it's kind of yeah like it speaks to like our personalities too it's just like I, I probably operate a little bit more um efficiently when I'm busy yeah. and everything is a time crunch rather than just 
self-regulating my schedule left my own devices. Who knows what I would do in a day? Like probably not much, but I like having a lot of things that I have to get done. And then I, and then I get them done because I have no choice. There any like tools or anything you use for organization? You, are you organized? Is it all in your head? What's, how do you manage things? <laughs> I don't know. I do have a rule that, so we have a two bedroom apartment. So one of the bedrooms is my office. I have a big desk because I, I do spread out. And it's, I mean, even just having a computer and a hard drive, like that's already a decent amount of space. And you have a notebook and your old cereal bowl and a candle and you know, you need room. So, um, big desk. So my first, my rule is that my office is not a place to just throw things to deal with it later. Cause I'm not the neatest person in the world, but that's not really supposed to happen in the office. It's not a place to collect extra things. It's not an extra bedroom. So I keep the office pretty tidy. I just, I make lists in, um, moleskin notebooks, which I think matters because they're just so perfect. They're just, do you use moleskin notebooks? I am like 99.9% digital. Okay. I used to. Okay. It's not, it's not I know like people a, that do though. I know, and I can tell there's like a different, I know there's a difference and, uh, they're just good. It's not like a name dropping thing. That's all no, I'm trying to say. No, it's like, no, no. I just they're really great. appreciate they're, my moleskin notebooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Google Calendar is honestly how I do most things. And then notes on, um, on the, on on the Apple, on the Mac. Um, I now have finally outsourced billing to this amazing accountant in Dallas, my husband. Um, he's not an accountant anymore, so you can't hire him. But, um, just Beckley like last exclusive. Yeah, he's mine <laughs> and only mine. And so literally like two months ago, I started getting help with just invoicing. Um, what were you doing before that? It's all me. How are you doing it? Are you just making just PDFs? You have like going, stuff online. Hey, Becca, did you invoice me? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like a month behind. It's fine. Um, 17 hats is the website I use, which I could utilize a lot better. And I think it's similar to HoneyBook, maybe. I've never used HoneyBook, but have you? I don't think I've used HoneyBook. I feel like I used 17. I did use 17 hats briefly Mm -hmm. and I did not like the workflow. There was some things that I wanted to be different that I didn't have control Mm -hmm. over. I'm a bit of a control freak Mm -hmm. and kind of, uh, I see how things could be done a different or better mm-hmm. way or more efficient way. I feel like, and I want to make it happen mm-hmm. and I don't have the flexibility to do it usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I use Airtable. Okay. Which is like, as you have that flexibility. It create, I created it from scratch make it everything oh, cool. do the way I want to. That's, but I'll say, yes, I've used 17 yeah. hats. I've not used honey books. I don't so think I've, I've heard of it. I pretty much just use 17 hats for invoicing. So it's been great. I tried to switch over to QuickBooks and it ruined my life. So I switched back to 70 <laughs> But it's just, to me, it's so easy. It's what I started with. All my clients are in there. I have all of the like, you know, template pricing, whatever. I send it, they pay it. It's fine. And they can pay online with PayPal. So it just, um, but yeah, I just make like a lot of lists and 
I don't know. Keep, like, what do I have to keep organized? I just do it. I don't, I just wake up and go, crap, I have to do all these things today. And then you just kind of crank them out. Like, so a lot of it's in my head and also on the computer and in the notebooks and, um, Google calendar. <laughs> it's kind of funny how that works sometimes. I feel like, cause I can relate a little bit. Yeah. And I, like, try, I try to find a way to like standardize stuff and like everything's going right. to be done this way. And it just, things move too fast and there's too much like an overflow. You, I feel like for that to like actually be possible. You, you would just need someone next to you coding and making these systems and, Oh, I didn't think about this situation. Like accounting, like it's just, yeah. it's I used so, to spend so interpersonal. Much, yeah. Yeah. That it's just like, you can try to automate things. It's honestly just easier to just shoot out a quick email. Hey, photos are done or, you know, whatever. Hey, thanks for reaching out. So my price range is from this. Okay. Bye. Like, it's just, you know, there's so many things that for, for all intents and purposes are automated. Cause it's like muscle memory at this point. Right. It becomes a little bit more yeah. of a, a pattern or a habit. Yeah. Do you uh, have any, like, do you separate tasks out or have certain days that you do certain types of things or is it just no. kind of all over the place? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I, um, for a while I had this fun thought that I would shoot on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. I would have Mondays off. I would do um, one-on-one sessions on Wednesdays and I'd have my weekends to edit. No, that never happened. Um, It's all a crapshoot. But okay, also, two things happened this year. One, my husband quit his job, which was amazing. And luckily, we planned for it and I'm obsessed with what I do. And so if there's a period of time where it's like me just really being on the ball, you know, and working hard just so that we can stay comfortable and that this isn't a stressful thing, that's fine. And so he's had the opportunity to not rush anything, figure out what he wants to do, how to do it. And luckily he's one of the smartest, hardworking people I know. So but he's also quiet, but so I can just trust that things are happening. Even like, I would be like, guess what? Like I learned a new word today or like, I found this website, but like, he's not like that. Cause he's normal. So that's one thing that I've really been kind of like, um, this year has been, not more hectic, but more full than it could be if I, if we had two full incomes, you know? And then the other thing is, um, so I mentioned that I'm on retainer with, um, one place. And so (laughs) I was supposed to be working part-time, which I do work part-time for them. And then the plan was that I would take time to work on all these side projects. Like um, I hosted a Beckley dinner a couple months ago and I want to do more of those. And 
um, we were talking, I think before we started recording, but about stock photos and setting that up well, not just having that be like, you know, some photos that I think are kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I want to really give attention to because I never wanted Beckley to be like, Oh, Rebecca photography. Like I don't strongly identify as a photographer. I don't want this to just be me cranking out blog photos. I want it. How do I phrase this? In everything I do, I can't help but hope that people see that there's more in what we're all doing. So yes, sometimes you'll work for a client and it's not your best work or it's not even a product you like or it's not your style, all of these things. And I think some creatives can worry about that as compromising their craft but I see those things as opportunities that it's that interpersonal connection that's not on camera it's you were able to capture someone's vision like it wasn't your vision but you made them so happy you know like you you were the finishing touch for their website or you're the reason they were able to start that new Instagram they had these new photos they felt good and you don't realize what people are going through And I think that's why I like working with smaller clients too, is like, sometimes it is like a little therapy session. They're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a newlywed and we just moved here. So I wanted to get to know Dallas by taking photos in Dallas place, all of this stuff. So what was my point? I don't even know. Oh, that I wanted to work on these other things. Um, But that's all happening concurrently now because I tried to take a break and I hated it. I hated it so much. I miss working with a ton of people all the time. So now I do that again, plus the part-time job, plus the other things. So I have like three jobs. That was a long-winded answer. That's great. I, uh, sounds like you do a lot, but you sound like you enjoy it. I love it. Which I can relate to quite a bit. I, uh, I feel like I, I do too much sometimes, but then yeah. I'm like, oh man, but damn, this is really fun. It's all, it's and just it's great. all good things. Like, and I don't care to, mm, sometimes my, my, like I wander into, well, where would we be without social media? At this point, you want a new venture, you just create a new Instagram handle. And I think sometimes it gives us too much Opportunity is just hard to focus because you have another. Yeah, everything. Yeah. There's always another possibility. All at your fingertips. But I don't really need to, or I don't think any of us need to dwell or philosophize on if that's good or bad. I think it's just, it's always good to just have healthy boundaries for yourself and be disciplined. But shoot, like if you have an idea and want to make another Instagram, another website, another business out of it, just like fine. But like you'll you'll either know your limits or you'll find them. So yeah, that's true. You know, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I guess it's just not really worth dwelling on if we're doing too much or not, (laughs) but I'd rather work hard now and set these things up. And 
everything that I'm working on is kind of a way to, hi cat, uh, is kind of a way to, um, not be relying on my like youthful energy and running around Dallas, taking photos and editing. I'm trying to set stuff up that is a little bit more relaxed, like hosting photography workshops or, um, you know, teaching one-on-one lessons so that whenever we do have a family, I'm not like gone or exhausted always. Right. You're able to actually be around a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. So I'd rather do it now and then chill later. I plan on retiring at like 31. Okay. Essentially. Okay. Not really, but. But no, I, I like, get Don't it. quote me on that. But I just mean in terms of like my schedule being. Like you're uh, the workload of what you're actually yeah. having to do. Yeah. How many like hours put in a day. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, you, exactly. You mentioned about how it's more than like just photos and there's a deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned about taking people around this lady, you get like, you know, we're new to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Do you in particularly pay any attention to the client experience during the shoot or the process or, or is it like, is that something that's in your mind or you do like special specific things to provide a certain experience for people? Oh, it is translated into the mission statement because in the past four years I've hired people for different things. So there's things I've had to relay in our mission statement. That's part of it. Making people feel like they've known you for forever. They're comfortable around you, but that's only because that that's what comes naturally to me. And it's also what makes me feel like I'm hosting a professional situation is I want them to come in and feel like I will guide them through this. And honestly, a lot of it comes from when I was working in physical therapy clinics, like I turn on the same and it's not conscious. It's not me going like being fake or something like that, but I realize it's bedside manner. It's recognizing someone saying, uh, let's photograph these jeans a certain way because when I just stand straight on, I look short. And instead of going, no girl, you look great. Just going, okay, I hear you. Let's try sitting or stand like this or walk because it'll elongate your legs or I'll be down here. Don't worry, I'll make you look great. But it's the same as what would happen in physical therapy when people would say, this has been a really hard day. I just found out I'm going to need another MRI and they scare me to no end. And this person's crying and it's not going, no, you'll be fine. It's going, yeah, that would be really scary. Like I'm, I'm really sorry about that, but let's do these exercises and at least, you know, try to make you feel better and try to get you better. It's, it's just the same thing. So it's, it's why I, I think I just really was meant to do this, not to like brighten people's day or something like that. But it, to me, it's, I like that it's part of like how I interact with clients. So I'm appreciative that those things don't, it's kind of my comfort zone to be like that is to be given an opportunity to 
kind of give people direction and take the lead a little bit. And I'm just lucky that that coincides with also taking photos and editing and being creative. That's cool. It's uh makes me think of a buddy of mine I was talking to recently who, cause it's like, it's like you've taken this idea of therapy mm-hmm. and you've applied it to this thing that you love photography, mm-hmm. whether conscious early or not, mm-hmm. you've like married the two together. And I think the same can be said for a lot of art forms, mm-hmm. really any probably. Yeah. Uh, knows, uh, the singer songwriter friend of mine recently who was talking about going to school to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, do you really want to do this, man? I'm like, I don't like, I'm not saying don't do it. If you want to go to school, fucking do it. Right. But do you really want, but do you really want to do this? Because Mm -hmm. you just told me that you used to do music full time. And, and we met because we're talking about trying to book college gigs, doing music Mm -hmm. stuff. It really feels like you want to do music stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bro, you can be a therapist still. Yeah. Like you have this opportunity to speak into people's lives and to do this stuff. And I mean, I think it definitely, it's a, it, this kind of work can definitely in some ways get monotonous sometimes and be like the same thing over and over sometimes. And it, it is much more helpful and healthy to find deeper meaning in the work that we do and I mean it's just so beautiful the way that you put it and the way that you like (laughs) it's cool to it's like it's been really interesting some of the conversations that I've gotten to have with people through the podcast Mm -hmm. that just like I get I tend to get really emotional sometimes like in my inside and it's just like I like and uh I just like I don't know I love people so much and uh and seeing the like care in other people right and mm-hmm. so sometimes to just like see how that pours out of people mm-hmm. uh and like you're one of those people and there's been like a couple of other people and mm-hmm. i'm just like oh my gosh this is so amazing but they've like found this thing and that they're able to be yeah. a beacon of light somehow into people's lives through this thing and it's just like you can see how much you like love the things that you do and, what you talk <laughs> about it. and it's cool it's and an amazing and thing talk about it <laughs> i know it's awesome yeah, it's no, it really is awesome because, like, the way you're reiterating it is I see it the other way. I, I mean, I'm from LA, like, I grew up in this wonderful neighborhood. It wasn't, I didn't have the most um, materialistic upbringing. I was actually really sheltered as a kid, like, no PG 13 movie, like nothing, just very sheltered, very wholesome. Yet it was still LA. So I'm still, I'm starting to gather that there still were things around in high school, et cetera, that formed me into, I don't know if it was insecure or truly judgmental or just realizing how amazing people could be regardless of growing up in LA or not, I guess, just high achievers and great athletes, et cetera. So part of me was really judgmental for a long time, just assuming people were judging me or I was judging myself made me assume everyone was judging everyone else and that that was the norm. So I've been so thankful that when I shoot, 
And some people describe it so differently than how I would. I'm like, maybe I'm not a nice photographer or something, but some people describe it as they let the subject kind of present themselves to the camera or to the photographer. And maybe it's just because my shoots are so quick and a little bit, yeah, just quick. We meet, we don't plan it. We just kind of, we don't plan much. Like overthinking it. You're just like pumping, just kind of like spurt, like what's in the, what's in the moment. Yeah. But in kind of the opposite way, I don't know if they're revealing themselves to me, but I love looking at these people in a camera and literally all of my clients, anyone I've ever shot for, there's always like some moment where I'm sitting there behind the camera and I'm seeing this story that they're like, that this could be, and I, maybe they're bringing it to me, but it's not necessarily in their head. I see it. And that's when I go, Oh, wait, wait, turn your head that way again. Okay. Walk this way. Okay. Do this. Okay. Perfect. And then look back this way. Okay. Awesome. And then swing your back just a little bit. And I can kind of see this like little thing that they're bringing to the shoot that like, I couldn't do that. No one else could do that except them, you know? So it's not like they're revealing their truest self, but it's just kind of this moment where like, I can sit there and just admire this little spark of uniqueness and beauty that they don't even know that they're showing me. And so like, that's been really humbling to me that I can just look at everyone. They're so different, but everyone is just, they have these little things that they do that I'm like, geez, that's so freaking beautiful. Like everyone has one. And it's like, it's just kind of like a funny thing I've gotten to notice just sitting behind a camera. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. We are lucky. Yeah. It's a, there's definitely a lot of, of, not fun work that goes into this sometimes, but, but it is, we get to work so, for ourselves. Oh, it is. It, I mean, it not fun is so relative. It. Yeah. It's we very, it's a very relative want. thing. By and large, it's pretty great. We, we work for everyone else all the time. But we work for ourselves. But we work for we ourselves want. on paper. So it's great. How do you, speaking of on paper, how do you deal with tax stuff? Are you like, you do it yourself. Um, you have somebody does it. You know, like, so we, do you have like we, a business entity? We or? will be. <laughs> do you hear that? Peter came on. Yeah. That like whistled. Uh, oh. <laughs> from now on, we will be taking a different approach to taxes. It had been in house. And now it will be outsourced. I'm not the person to ask, but my books are kept impeccably well. I'm very organized in all my bookkeeping. And now we will be hiring someone else to do our taxes. So are you, were you, you said you were doing them yourself before? I was doing them, but they, they were in-house. Okay. Our family was doing them. What was that process like? I, I just... I would hand 
the things to my husband and he would file them. And now we're going to be doing it. We're going to hire someone. <laughs> did y'all use like any like tarot tag mm-hmm. service or yeah. anything like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. As I've heard that was somebody else the other day there was just, there that was, was saying that they've been using it all the time and they're like, oh yeah, I'm using it for, and I've never yeah, used so it. So we're in the process of buying a house, which it's expensive. Yeah. A house is going to be pretty So pricey. October we were doing this fun thing and we were like, we is me and my husband or we is my husband and me where we were going to not spend things, spend money in October. Like if, if you can, if you can hold off, then hold off. If you need to buy it, then by all means buy it. coffee shop, use cash. Like, you know, let's just see how much we can save. Um, we had some miscalculation in our taxes from 2017 arrive in the mail with interest. So paid that. He just, he just calculated it a little too well for a small business owner. How so? What do you mean how so? He calcul- didn't declare enough. Oh, it wasn't okay. on purpose. He went off of the um, so how did- w- W10s that I got. Okay. And, and then the tax, the IRS came back and said, well, you transferred this much from PayPal. So here's the difference plus interest. So. Oh, is there a lot of money that wasn't. No. A it, lot of money that was paid to you, but not like W9 or W10 or like. like um, no. Tax. So like, I. Uh, yeah. So a lot of my clients. So if it's like bloggers are probably not filing taxes. They're not probably asking you. Some for, are. It depends on how much they've paid me. That yeah, year, exactly. So that's why people ask me to like do Venmo or something like that. I'm like, no, no, no it's okay. I'll send an invoice. You'll pay it online. Like, I just like to keep everything nice and neat. Um, so it was just, Andrew was going off of what he figured like was um, reported and it wasn't that big of a difference, but it was enough, I guess that, um, yeah, they compared it to like what I transferred from PayPal, which I just thought was so weird. I was like, I didn't know they were in my PayPal. So yeah, they looked at what I transferred from my PayPal account, which, so a lot of it was accounted for. PayPal must submit tax records. Yeah, then. they do. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because you can get your tax statements through PayPal. Yeah, I forgot um, about that. And so there was just a difference. And it was honestly, it was, it, it worked out just fine. 2017, um, we had like, subtle hint, wear, sun, wear sunscreen. Um, I'd had like skin cancer taken out of my forehead. That same, like it, um, the bill was due in April, the big bill. And taxes were due or whatever, you know. So if I had had to pay, if we'd had to pay the amount we actually owed back in 2017 all at once, it would have been insane. Like, I don't know. We probably would have had to ask my parents for help. Like we wouldn't have been able to do it, I don't think. And so now that it's come up and we're already like, you know, looking at all of the financial maneuvering for the down payment and all this crap that you have to do buying a house. It was fine. It was like, sadly a drop in the bucket because <laughs> <laughs> this stuff's so expensive, but um, it turned out fine. So I know most people use CPAs. We'd always just file on our own. It really, I would have figured the same thing Andrew did was we can probably be okay declaring what is being declared 
Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, because especially as a small business owner, like you're just taxed like a lot. So, Are you filing as a, a business entity or are you just sole proprietor? I'm a sole proprietor. Okay. But I didn't know that those were going to be two different things. Actually, no, I... I didn't know that, but, um, there's still a lot that I don't know. Same. Yeah. There's a lot that I don't know, understand. And I'm getting more to the point where I'm like, I'm okay with not knowing these things. Yeah. I think, I I think paying someone to do it and, um, it'll be just fine. I do keep my books very organized, but I'm. I don't think I'm, I mean, I get nervous filling out like doctor's forms. Like what's the right answer? I don't know. Like, do you have health insurance? Yes. How do you do that? That That's actually a question that I have not like asked anybody. Okay. And part of the reason that I, I'm realizing that I haven't is because I don't, and I haven't for years. Okay. Well, it's, it's expensive, yeah. but I, I am a fan of health insurance. So we use am better. And because I definitely have plenty on my plate and Andrew is, or a couple months ago had a little bit more free time. It was his project to figure it out. So apparently you can do like short term health insurance, um, where there are these bigger companies that you can get like these short term plans. Um, we went, we have am better. I think that's what it's called. There's two names on the card and better. It's taken most places, every, every place that I've gone to switching from like United healthcare to and better kept all my doctors. And, um, it's been great as far as like copays and stuff. And this is super interesting, but yeah, we, we just pay like it's expensive, but we just found like a short-term healthcare and do it that way. Have you found it to be worth it to have it? Like, well, have you ever considered yeah. going without it or tried going without it to see I, what the like difference would be? Oh, well there. Okay. So I would never, I would personally never go without it. Um, there's just so many things that could happen. Like yeah. you just never it's know. It's a gamble for it's, sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, the spiel you would get was like, well, yeah, you know, if you're young and you're healthy, it's up to you if you get it or not. But how many young, healthy, like just stuff happens. So I, I always, it's my preference to have it if I have a choice. Um, it has worked out. It's so like one prescription that I get, um, it wasn't covered with United Health Insurance or United Healthcare. So I was paying a lot of money to get it, but it's covered under this one. So actually has kind of come out even with what I was paying per month and what I'm paying per month now. Um, but there's, there's other places that, yeah, paying cash is totally fine. So I, so, you know, I said October, we were trying to like not spend more money than we had to. I got stuck that like IRS, Hey, you owe us a lot of money. And I'm like, okay, fine. Then I got another medical bill from a biopsy that I had on my forehead just to make sure I didn't have more skin cancer. So this was back in sept- 
September or something, February. It was a while ago. And I get this bill with a cover letter saying, we're so sorry. United Healthcare has been so backed up. We only just got notified that this is the amount that you still owe. Give us a call if you have any questions. And I was like, what? I don't even remember what this was for. So I called them. It's not the kind of delivery you want to forget about. It's not the package you want to forget about. (laughs) Oh, what did I get? I forget what I ordered. I was like, what what did I even do? So I I did call and the lady was so nice. And then she goes, I somehow mentioned, well, we switched health insurance. So blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, so you're not with UHC anymore? And I'm like, no. And she goes, oh, so the bill was for like $250 or something. So... She said, she's like, yeah, since you didn't meet your deductible, you have to pay the whole thing um, because of your contract with UHC. And then she found out I wasn't with them anymore. And she goes, oh, well, you don't owe them anything anymore. So I just paid cash, which was 50 bucks. And it was done. So there's plenty of times when paying cash is just fine. Yeah. I've done it for years. And I mean, I rarely, I, I try to be more preventative and just like take yeah. care of myself. Yeah. But I mean, even when I've had to go get like surgery done, have like had to have a, a hernia surgery done a couple of years ago. I found a place that would do that cheap for cash and it worked out great. No way. Yeah. But that's like, so the like surgery I had for, skin cancer that was four thousand dollars like that was with health health insurance i had to pay four thousand dollars i think i paid i think i think it was three thousand cash see it's so stupid it's that's why that's another reason i'm not a physical therapist the health insurance industry Mm -hmm. is so messed up. I get discounts because i pay cash right no it's like oh you're paying cash oh here you go and i don't mean this I don't mean this politically. It, the, the system is a mess. Like it just is. It, the system is a mess and the hoops you have to jump through and the paperwork you have to do and the stuff you have to justify and all of this. It's just, it's such a mess because when you ask them how much, okay, well, how much does that actually cost? What's the, like you're talking about breaking down costs and you say, okay, well, you know, broken down, what does that actually cost? No one knows. No one yeah. has any idea. They're like, I don't know. Whatever. I just type in the codes and add them up and that's how much blue cross cost okay <laughs> great because I, I mean i had to do that for a couple of years and like charging people their co-pays and let them know about their deductible and what's covered and if they're in network or out of network and, and you're just a tech yeah i mean i i love i was happy to learn it okay. because what else are you gonna really kind of see all the things that go on just yeah. to come up with your bill or what you're not paying or whatever. It's interesting to me a little bit that you have seen that side of things Mm -hmm. and that you still have it. Yeah. Cause like, you never know. (laughs) That's well, I, I I don't know. I don't mean to say it sound derogatory or like negative towards insurance. I've had bad experiences with it. Everyone has. I just said the system's a mess. Like it's not, I'm not, it's pretending it isn't. It's just, it's insurance. 
just like yeah. everyone has car insurance. I just, I prefer to have health insurance. Of course, it's funny because I've, I do have car insurance. We, uh, yeah, you need to. Yeah, yeah, but a lot also I have needed it. And so I guess I see the value in that a little bit. And that might be part of the, do you have business insurance? Yeah, I have someone I text saying, what, what do I need? And she sends me all the stuff. And um, I just Venmo her some insane amount and call it a day. I'll check back with her in a year. She's great. Yeah, I had, I had insurance through PPA. Don't ever do PPA. Professional Photographers First America. Oh, don't they target that. me on Facebook. Don't they ever. Make me think don't do it. Don't. I'm interested. No, okay. don't, don't. I have Casey. Casey Recart. Not Casey Reed. No. That's me. R-I-C-A-R-T. She's amazing. She is definitely not me. No. No, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's not you that does my insurance. But it's a different person. And you guys are both great. Well, thanks. I, uh... What else do you want to talk about? Is there anything else that you feel like that we haven't covered? Oh my God. That should be talking. I mean, oh, we were going to talk about stock stuff a little bit. You Let's talk, talk about, about that a little what, bit more. You're the one editing this later. So <laughs> talk about whatever you want. <laughs> Most of this is going to be in there. <laughs> stock photos. Yeah, it's going to be great. Stock photos. Yeah. Stock photos. Um, what are you thinking? So I've thought about doing stock stuff for a long yeah. time. And I don't look at a lot of different people's websites like I used to. Right. But I think you're the first person that I've come across that has anything set up to be able to be purchasing them. And now you guys are all copying me. And then you have. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. And then you had even like, I remember seeing posts of yours where you had validation of your stuff selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really powerful. Thank you, Third Katie party. Smith. Yes. Because she said she lets Drop other people design. know. Dropcap Design. She tells other graphic designers and web designers where who does her photos. And so they, that's So you've gotten some stuff from that. Base, yeah. yeah. See, the referrals right there, y'all. Referrals. It's all referrals. I've never done Katie any Katie Smith was on an episode in season one. What season I is it? I believe. Three? Season two. This is, this okay. is season three. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah, this will be season three mm-hmm. coming out six months from now, probably. Awesome. Like my birthday. I'm just kidding. Happy birthday. Thank you. At some point, mm-hmm. it'll be relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you saw stock photos on my website. And yeah, like, so I saw I that, do that too. And, <laughs> and it made me a little, it intrigued me a little bit. And I was just like, okay, cool. There are other people thinking about this. I've seen it one or two. I'm trying to, I feel like, like there's been times when I've been researching platforms to do this on mm-hmm. and I've come across other examples and there's been times when I have been looking for music to license. There's mm-hmm. one guy that I've come across a few times doing this. Um, but what kind of like, what's been your like approach to it or what do you hope what are you wanting it to be kind of? I, I hope that it's passive income. Uh, so the, the reason I'm not on other websites, I mean, 
I had gone, I'd probably done the same thing you did. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I figured I'd seen just like stock photos, you know? Oh like, yeah. You know that they exist. I mean, you know I've, that people have done it. I'm on one of, one of the sites. Right. So at some point I put my photos on one of the sites and it just kind of felt like, why? Like you could, but if people like my work and I think the time that I set it up was also a time that usually when I shoot with bloggers, um, if I see an opportunity, I'll take photos for them too to use as stock photos. Like if they have their laptop out, I'll go, oh, okay, let's set it up like this and I'll get a few photos for you to just use on your website as like filler photos or whatever. So it's always kind of been in my mind that just everyone needs just like a back, I don't know, just all this stuff. Now it's like so easy to make graphics and all these things. Um, so one, it was kind of a way that it was like, okay, if I don't have time to shoot with you, if you're not in Dallas, here's a lot of my work that you can just buy and use and, you know, tied you over until one of us, until we shoot together. Um, and it was like, yeah, if you know me and you like my work, then here are my stock, just, you know, go straight to me. Like, you know, why would I wait for people to kind of happen upon my photos? I I mean, it's kind of like wanting, it's kind of like trying to get printed photos in a store that sells printed photos yeah. or to just open your own studio that yeah. has your prints for sale. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. So <coughs> I'm not. Cause I definitely run through both of those in my head. Right. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm such a, like, I live in La La Land. Like everything is this like Beckley universe. And so I I really do want to hone in my stock photos. Like I would, I know everyone is probably like Googling everything we're saying right now and like looking me up and all these things, but like, you don't have to look at the stock photos right now. That's one thing you can like pause, get a snack. It's fine. But I want to like tighten that up. And your cat is playing with my shoe and I'm so happy. <laughs> she's pretty she's cute. so cute. She's so tiny and pretty. I think she knows she's cute. Satai, you're distracting my guests. It's okay. She did this the other night with Robbie. She's so cute. But, but yeah, I do really want to tighten that up because I think it could be really cool because I think a lot of us, we don't get the opportunity to, for photographers... Or, or really anything, you don't have time to just kind of do your own thing that often and go back to the reason you started, which was just, it's fun to have um, an outlet for just doing your own creative thing again and having somewhere to share that that isn't like kind of the drop of the bucket that's Instagram. Yeah. You know, it's a little it bit more, a little more poignant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, there was something else that I saw one time that you did. I think it was on your story where you showed like before oh, and after yeah, of a yeah. photo or you like showed the edits yeah. and I was like, this is really dope or something. And yeah. you're like, are you fucking with me right now? I, are I you really? And I was like, I no, I'm serious. Were, it's so sick. But yeah. And I think I had a really convoluted answer to that too, which was like, I know I'm not the first one to do this, but like, I'm not, I didn't do it because I saw someone else do it. Basically I had an unedited photo on one story and then the, and then I put 
put in a little gif that said tap here probably or oh yeah it was it. like tap to edit that's yeah. what it was that's what it was the totally next story next page of the story was the edited photo yeah i thought it was brilliant because it makes because it's using instagram stories and you're telling your story and making it interactive yeah where it invites the viewer to be part of that thing right and, and i was just like wow that's yeah, I mean, it's really Instagram. There's there's this fine line, and it's oh man, it's it's so much. You can't you can't. Um. So I work with so many bloggers, and there's there's actually a lot that I admire about them. The blogging industry as a whole. Um, you can critique that all you want, but. It's these individuals choosing to do things a certain way, monetizing things in a certain way, sharing their voice in a certain way, you know, as a whole, there's, you know, plenty of commentary around that. But, um, in general, I think just something to keep in mind is like having the attitude of like, you're, you're choosing to be there for people. And if people follow you, that's great because they want to hear your story you, you can't be asking so much of your followers that they're now there for you. You know, like you, you're out here, you have a point of view, you have a good sense of style, or you do some cool thing, you garden, you cook, whatever. But now it's turned into this game of like engagement where it's like, what do you guys think? Blah, blah, blah. It's not because you've set up this story of here's where I'm at, blah, 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 like, and I'm going to ask you, and this is what I'm asking you. It's this like, what do you think? This say this, what, do, what photo do you guys like better? One, two or three, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like all, it's some of it's needy. And I'm not saying that in, in a judgy way, but like in kind of a way that's like, um, we all need to be conscious of like, are we needy of our followers or are we, there for our followers. Like, are we posting stuff that's true to us that we want to share? And so that when people respond, it's not a relationship. It's not like, oh, thank God you responded because I need my engagement to go up because all the, the algorithm needs to be good for me so that more brands think that I'm doing well so that brands pay me more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like being conscious of the fact that you are sharing a narrative in some way. And not just like throwing things out and going like, you guys, please, I need you to like my photo. I understand why people do it. I promise I'm not trying to be down on people that do that because I get it. But it's just kind of like. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, it's it's validation in a different way. And it's we all kind of, on some level, we all want that. We all want it. It's like a drug. Some of us have more of the discipline to fight it than others. Yeah, but but it's also. or the will, maybe but not they're not, the will or the, I don't know. Sure. But you, hmm, if people aren't, so for example, the tap to edit, that wasn't, and I'm not saying this was like this amazing thing that I posted, but using that as an example, that wasn't making people go out of their way pull time out of their day to go 
answer, you know, what do you guys want to see from me? Or, hey, like I've been wearing the same jeans for the past seven months. What are your favorite jeans? Like that's not really helping them. But if it's, but you could also phrase it like, sometimes it is because people also want to be heard that that's now their platform to be heard. It's a lot. I just hope that people stay true to themselves. And it's like, if you're going to tell a story, tell your story. Don't just do these one-offs of like, and I'm also wearing this trendy thing. And I got this free trip to this place. And now I'm wearing this trendy thing. And I got new eyelashes. Like there's no story. It's just like, okay, cool. Like you, It's like a highlight reel. Charmed. I don't mind it being a highlight reel. It should be a highlight reel. Just make a story out of it. Just yeah. make it interesting. Yeah. I don't want to see a lot of crap. Some crap. If it's like, hey, you know what? This is why I haven't been able to log on for a week. This happened. And it's like, word. Or if it's just like, hey, I've been thinking these things. I'm going to be real for a second. But no, I don't want to get too intimate with everyone online. You can get intimate with people in person. We don't all need to be like pouring our, I mean, I pour my soul out every day, but I'm working on it. No, not really. But sometimes I get kind of deep, but that's just because I'll have like a thought that I actually want to share on the topic. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, there's just, mm, it's not, it's past etiquette. It's realizing like the same way you have to be um, deliberate in what you take in, like music and people and places and food and all of these things. It affects you, but also how you share, I think is important too. And like, if you're just letting all these people in to some part, you know, they just, they don't need to know everything. They don't know you. They don't need to know everything. Yeah. I think is what it boils down to. Yeah. They like, no one's earned that. Like they don't. Like have boundaries with yourself. Yeah. Have boundaries. Of, yeah. Is there anything else that, uh, like speaking more specifically to kind of like freelancers, I guess people, maybe is there anything else that you feel like people need to know that we have a hit on? Oh man. We've talked about a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think like physically going to places and meeting people face to face is both a good summary and good point to make. Like, most of my clients are because I've physically been somewhere and have met people and, and then it cascades from there. Obviously people do find me online, but so, so many relationships were formed in per Like I met you in person. Like, right. You it know, wasn't like a reach hey, out through I found an email. Your Instagram and I think you should come on my, like that would have been fine too, but there's a lot to be said for leaving your house interacting and, and being honest about like what you do and what you want in life, because you, people do want to help and they do want to see other people be successful if they're good people. But, um, even if you want to do something digital, there's no replacing seeing and understanding people and things in person. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for That's having me. It's been a me. great conversation. Great. I uh, 
like how we talked about, we were talking about beforehand and I mentioned how, you know, it's been interesting doing these. I think I've probably done like 20 or 30 mm -hmm. of these interviews now. And, uh, you know, you have different conversations with people and sometimes it flows better than others. And I was like, I have a feeling that this is going to go like really well. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can talk. It's been good. Yeah, I me too. I can. Go. Yeah. There's a few <laughs> friends of mine that whenever, every time we ever work together and talk, it's just like never ending. Yeah. And it's great. That's this great. is fun. Yeah. Where, okay. So where all can people find you and work online? On Instagram at Beckley Co. Not because of the street in Dallas, but. It's spelled the same. And that's pretty much where I reside online. I have a website that's beckleyphoto.com that will be under construction until 2020. Cool. And my Twitter is beckleyphoto. It has nothing to do with Beckley. It's simply where I write things that have nowhere else to go. Do you use it actively? When I remember that I have one. So I just remembered right now that I have one. <laughs> when, was, when was the last time before right now that you remembered you had one? Probably three months ago, four months ago. Okay. I, Dude, you'll I see there's, there's so going to be often. some random thing on there that's not funny, but. I probably post like once every year too, yeah. I feel like at this point. And I'm like, man, I, I think about all these quick like whips all yes. the time. I should post these on Twitter. And yes. I'm like, fuck, if I thought about all that, I would just because I, I forget it would be fun. I have it. I'm probably this saving the world a lot of grief by forgetting I have it, but. I think I'm funny. Oh, we could be Twitter famous. That's all I'm hoping for every time. I'm like, maybe I'll open it. And this has been retweeted. This tweet, this one's going to go viral. I mean, they could, you never know. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been fun. Yep. Thanks listeners for tuning in. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, would you please go leave a rating and a review? It helps me to know if we're kind of hitting the mark with this show or if there's any questions that you have that you'd like to hear because really this show is about the listeners and it's for the listeners. And so having those helps me to know if I am headed in the right direction or not. So I really appreciate that. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Freelance Freddy is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. Vacacy, big production value, freelance agility and scale.